0: children come. Don't dare drive them away. In them the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Please let the children
1: I'm to give me joy. in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in
2: Living Sound.
3: <coughs> <coughs> Empty. Oh, no fish. All night we've slaved with this net. Over the side, pull it in. Over the side, pull it in. Empty. Cheer up, Simon. Day is breaking. Time to quit and go ashore. Perhaps today we'll fare better. Catch fish in the daytime? You know very well night is the time to catch fish in these waters. If we caught none all night, how can we expect to catch any in the daytime? Perhaps our partners have done better. James! John!
4: Can you hear me? Yes, Andrew, we hear you. How many fish have you caught? None. None at all. How about
3: you and Simon? We've netted none at all. None. Nothing has gone right. Nothing. Uh, Things aren't all that bad. Bad? All night I've been thinking. John the Baptist, a godly man and faithful. Yet he languishes alone in a dungeon his fate to be decided by an evil king. Then there's Jesus. What lies in store for him and us, his four followers? If the ill success of his mission to Nazareth and the nearness of his death upon the city's cliff is an indication, failure, disgrace, and death are inevitable results. No future in that. You need rest. Rest? From what? Fishing? No, fishing is our business, our means of earning a living. We have caught no fish. We must go ashore, clean our nets, then go right back out and fish until we catch enough to live on for a while. Rest. James and John and I will clean the nets. You rest.
4: Meanwhile, Jesus, hoping for a little season of rest from the multitudes that followed him day after day, had come to the shore of the lake. But soon the people began to gather about him their numbers rapidly increased so that he was pressed upon all sides. Close by were two fishing boats, their prows resting upon the sand, their sterns bobbing upon the restless waters. Both boats appeared to be empty of cargo and crew, but in the nearest one lay Simon resting, thinking.
3: future it's black as night ominous i'm uneducated rough just a fisherman a very unsuccessful fisherman it's all i know how to do except to follow jesus perhaps i should do both fish and follow jesus as i have been doing since that day that jesus called upon me to be one of his disciples now follow jesus be one of his disciples Ah, I can see no future in that he's a great teacher I love him I love to listen to his soothing voice voice full of love great power and authority yet yet he is surely doomed the civil and the religious leaders shun him they proclaim him an imposter they even desire his death yet the masses of people flock to hear him the young, the aged Well, sick, the poor, the rich, the merchant, the fisherman, they all come to hear him. Is he the Messiah? Or isn't he? Those who have been healed know he is. Others think he is, while some think he is not. The leaders of our nation know he is not. I know not what to think. Simon! It's Jesus. Yes, master. May I come aboard, Simon? Of course, master. (laughs) Delighted. Here, here. let me help you. Ah. Here, master. (laughs) Recline upon this and rest. There is no rest for the true laborer, Simon. No rest, master? In my house are many mansions, and rest for the faithful. What then, master, may I do for thee? I bid thee, Simon... Pull this boat a little way out upon the water, so that the people upon the shore may better see and hear me.
4: Immediately, Master. What a scene was this for angels to contemplate. The Son of God, their commander, sitting in a fisherman's boat, swayed to and fro by the restless waves, and proclaiming the good news of salvation declaring the great things of his kingdom in the open air to the common people. The lake, the mountains, the spreading fields, the sunlight flooding the earth, all furnished objects to illustrate his lessons. It was such scenes as this that the prophets of old had written about.
3: The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, toward the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, to them
4: did the light spring up. The discourse ended. Jesus turned to Simon Peter.
3: Simon, launch thy boat out into the sea and let down thy net. Blow the net? For fish, master. Yes, sir. but master, four of us labored all night and caught nothing. Oh, nevertheless,
4: master, at thy word I will let down the it. Rowing to shore, Simon took aboard the net, sought the aid of his brother Andrew, and then rowed out to sea.
3: <sighs>
4: there, the net is out. Uh, help me pull it back in.
3: So quickly. Why wait? We caught nothing all night long. Surely we shall catch nothing now that it is day. Well said, Brother Andrew. In the net comes. Andrew, and look the net. It's full of fish. Mm. Pull on it quickly. The net cannot hold all the fish. It's tearing. James, John, row your boat out here quickly. We need help. Hurry!
4: When the catch was secured, both the boats were so heavily laden with fish that they were in danger of sinking. But Simon was unmindful now of boats or fish. This miracle, above any other he had ever witnessed, seemed to him a manifestation of divine power. In Jesus he saw one who held all nature under his control. Love for his master, shame for his own unbelief, Above all, the sense of uncleanness in the presence of infinite purity overwhelmed Simon Peter, and he fell humbly at the Savior's feet.
3: Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt
4: catch men.
1: continue the bible story tomorrow and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home you can call the bible and living sound at 1-800-634-0234 that's 1-800-634-0234 now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye
5: The start of another kid's Bible club meeting, and I'm excited. You guys are doing such a great job of finding wonderful Bible texts to share. Uh, Tonight, it's Lily's turn, right, Lily?
1: Whatever you say, Pastor Perez. I have my text ready.
5: Good. Let's hear it.
1: Okay, my favorite text is found in the book of Job, chapter 5, verse 19. Here's what it says. From six calamities, he will rescue you, and seven, no harm will befall you.
5: Hmm, interesting. If I remember my Bible correctly, those words were spoken to Job by his friend Elipaz. Elipaz was attempting to encourage Job, right?
1: I guess so. I just like them.
5: Lily, are you having some calamities in your life?
1: Henry's my brother. What do you think? Hey, I'm a good brother.
5: (laughs) Oh, I see. You need to know that no matter what Henry does, God will rescue you?
1: Something like that. I'll have you know that I'm a lot better than I used to be. Really? How? Well, I make fun of you a lot less. I tease you a lot less. And when was the last time I put something gooey in your coat pocket? Tuesday. See? I'm cutting back.
5: You know, Henry, you might want to take it easy on Lily. After all, you are her big brother. She needs you to protect her, not bug her all the time.
1: Okay, okay. No more gooey stuff. But beyond that, no promises. Don't worry, Pastor Pres. I'm sure that whatever Henry does to me, there's a Bible text for it. I'll just keep looking.
4: Good attitude, Lily. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
6: and girls this is ms kathy i'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to god philippians 4 6. god turned the lights on by velva b holt it was the night of october 7 1959 Without any warning, the electricity had gone out, and the whole town of Grants Pass, Oregon, lay in darkness. Mrs. Ray Kinch was babysitting in someone else's house, and she didn't know where to find candles. So here she was with four children and no lights. It was a rather frightening situation. The two-year-old baby was already in bed, and in a matter of minutes, the rest of the children would have been tucked in and fast asleep. But now they couldn't find their pajamas and were too afraid to go to bed, even if they could. Mrs. Kench hoped the lights would come back on soon, but in the meantime, she put her arms around the crying children to console them. Don't be afraid, she said. Jesus loves little children and takes care of them, even in the darkness. At other times when she was babysitting, Mrs. Kench had told Bible stories to the children. So even though their parents hadn't taught them anything about Jesus, they had heard about him many times before. Billy, the oldest child, was trying to be brave. We can pray to Jesus, can't we, he suggested. "'Yes,' the others chorused. "'He could make it light, couldn't he?' "'Yes, of course,' Mrs. Kench replied slowly. "'He could make it light if he wanted to. "'But you see, God doesn't always find it best "'to do everything just as we ask.' "'But we can ask, can't we?' the children interrupted. "'They wanted light, and they wanted it at that moment.' "'All right,' Mrs. Kench agreed. "'Let's kneel and ask God to make it light.' But you must remember that we are praying for God's will to be done. And if it isn't his will that we have the light just now, we shouldn't think that he didn't hear our prayer. Holding the children close to her, Mrs. Kench prayed, Dear Jesus, if it is thy will, make it light. But if not, then keep us safe through this awful darkness. Amen. When the prayer was over, there was a knock on the door. This frightened the children even more. Their parents had warned them not to open the door to any stranger, especially because there had been prowlers in the neighborhood recently. Feeling somewhat uneasy herself, Mrs. Kinch called out, who is it? A woman's voice answered, I'm a friend of the family and have brought you some candles. The children immediately recognized who it was and they thought this was the answer to their prayer. Jesus did answer our prayer, didn't he? Billy quickly commented. Mrs. Kinch inched her way to the door. The friend who handed over the candles had not thought to bring matches and she didn't know where to find any. After locking the door again, Mrs. Kinch groped along in the darkness until she finally found some matches to light the candles. The three-year-old girl was then put to bed and although she usually cried for the hall light to be left on, she seemed to understand that she could have no light that night. Mrs. Kinch stepped outside to see whether there were any lights around town but could see none. Since there had been no storm to cause the power to go off, it was a mystery why the blackout had occurred and why it was lasting so long. Since their radio didn't work without electricity, there was no way of learning the reason for the power failure. Over the kitchen table, Mrs. Kinch told Bible stories to the older children. It was getting late, but she allowed them to stay up later than usual. She told them about the importance of light and that God had made the sun, moon, and stars. "'How did he make light, Grandma Kinch?' Billy asked." God made it in the very beginning, she answered, and she began to recite, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. You mean it was all dark just the way it is now? the children interrupted. Yes, it was very dark. But how did God make it light? they eagerly questioned, wishing they had more than candlelight. Well, the Bible says the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. See Genesis one verses one to 30. At that very instant, lights came on all over the house. The boys jumped up and down shouting, you said, let there be light and all our lights came on. God did hear your prayer and he gave us more light. Mrs. Kench wanted to make sure the lights were not on everywhere else too that it wasn't just a coincidence that they had come on at that moment. So she stepped out onto the porch to take a peek at the rest of the town. The only lights visible were the scattered lights of cars and a few candles shining dimly from the windows of the nearest neighbors. Mrs. Kench went back into the house and turned on the radio. The local station was still off the air, and the electric clock, which had stopped at 8 o'clock p.m., had once more started but was 2 hours and 15 minutes slow by her watch. This meant that the lights had been off all that time. Filled with a strange awe, Mrs. Kinch said, Children, let's bow our heads and thank Jesus for hearing our prayer and for taking care of us, for surely he has given us light. When the power was finally restored all over town, Mrs. Kinch learned that an airplane had crashed into the main transformer, causing the worst power failure their town had ever experienced. And no other lights had come on that night until several hours later. The children didn't forget to tell their parents about the wonderful things that had happened that night as God heard and answered their prayers. They told them of how Mrs. Kinch had repeated the Bible verse, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1-3, and all the lights in their house had come on, but none in the rest of the town. The parents were very impressed with what they heard, and the light that shone through the darkness that night may have been God's way of letting his message shine into their darkened hearts, so that they could see the light of his power in their own lives. The
0: story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fishel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.